Hello and welcome to That Happens, the rootinest, tootinest, rodeo-style podcast. That's where we come in and wrestle the Broncos and fight the bulls of the days and nights of the old wild west. I'm Yule Brenner. <laughs> that, you see, a lot of people, uh, with the exception maybe of Billy Crystal in the late 80s, early maybe early 90s, that has got to be the best Yule Brenner impression this guy's ever heard. And Pe- people forget that he wasn't actually Yugoslavian or Hungarian or Romanian or, or Bulgarian or whatever he was, but uh, he actually was a rootin', tootin', uh, mustache-wearing old coot from the, uh, I think he was from South Nevada. Yeah. Hello, I mean, everybody. He just, but uh, he just disappears uh, into the role. I, hey, Hapachinos. It's me, Jeff B. Davis, and Spencer Crittenden here. Delighted to have you with us once again. Um, th- it's that time of the week. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to it whenever you please, because you have that freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. Spencer and I and Kevin Day. Uh, hello, Kevin. How are you? Oh, doing great today. Fantastic. We don't you have that choice. so good, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, what was, oh, he's a producer. You and I sound like, like two bags of shit in a sack, <laughs> and he sounds like... Uh, like uh, well, I've got the old Elvis mic. Gary Marshall. Fuck? Not, not Gary Marshall. I got the wrong thing. Oh, you have I an old box mic. Like Gary Marshall. Yeah. Not Gary Marshall. Who am I thinking of? Who's the, Gary Owens. Gary Owens <laughs> is who I met. <laughs> Although, if you sound like Gary Marshall, uh, you're still good because Gary Marshall has a delightful, mellifluous uh, comic voice. Mm-hmm. The Desert Inn has heart. Uh, so... Kevin, if you're going to hold up that awesome Elvisy, like Buddy Holly's and the Crickets box style mic, you, you got to sing us something. Give me a give me a little karaoke moment. Oh boy, I am the worst singer in the whole world. Well, just I don't, I, char- I don't think channel channel a little channel just a moment of Elvis. Like it, it could just be one like a title of a song, but you got to just oh, okay. you got to hold the oh. mic up to the camera for, for people that are watching. Now, like, give a little it less me. conversation. There you go. We, we did it. <laughs> that was good, but that was like the uh, like the like if Death Cab for Cutie covered Elvis. So <laughs> that was the that was the kind of early two thousand emo quality that I, I was hoping for. Kevin, were you ever in a band? I was not. No, I, w- I wish I was. I really do, but no. Jeff, were you ever in a band? No, not not. Technically, I was never like in a band that we were a band that I could say, oh, yes, I'm in a band. I mean, I w- I've been mm-hmm. in musical improv. I was in a musical improv group oh. that I think could qualify as a band, but um, I didn't play anything. I just sang, and and uh, there was only one guy on stage that 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 played anything, and it was Michael Pollock, our our keyboard, our musical director, p- uh, pianist, accompanist extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, um, a friend of mine. A, co- a great comic. Uh, if, if people out there who know who Fred Belford is, um, he and I used to be best friends. We we started doing comedy sports together in L.A. and uh, we were kind of the two young, you know, weirdos in the group. We hung out all the time, and he introduced me to a friend of his. Who I want to say it's been so long. I think his name was Keith, and he was a fantastic guitarist, like a really brilliant guitarist. And he had a gig at. Not the kibitz room, at, uh, at what, what, God, what's what's the deli, Kevin? Come on, uh, the, the one on Fairfax that I don't like, Cantor's, and then across the street there was a, like like some coffee shop, 
and he taught me how to play bass so I could accompany him on his guitar. And I plugged in a bass that I had only practiced for about two weeks uh, into an amp, and it made a weird noise because that's what they do if you don't do it right. I've never been more certain that the audience knew that I was not a musician or that I didn't belong on stage, that, that, uh, <laughs> like that I was a fraud. And I got through the songs, but I was sweating bullets. My hands were, were so sweaty, they wouldn't land on the, on the fret that I wanted. They'd slide mm-hmm. around. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it sounded okay. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get off that stage. I think we only played three songs, and it was a fucking nightmare. So whenever I watch people that are drummers or, you know, you, you, you play the fiddle, or you play, you know, organ or whatever, you get up on stage and you're plugging in and you're doing your thing, that right there already makes you a hero in my eyes because you have either the balls plus the practice to know that you're allowed to get up on stage and play guitar in a room full of people that might be Eric Clapton. You know, like they, they might all be fantastic guitar players. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, I don't get starstruck if I meet a comic or if I meet an actor. I get starstruck when I meet musicians because they do something that um, confuses me because the amount of uh, quality and skill they possess. So to all musicians out there right now who can play guitar or piano or anything, uh, uh, that happens. Oh, I just said that happens. Oh, no. <laughs> that was forced. What are the odds? I forced yeah. it. You said you you looked like a fraud or whatever. A good band name could be the fraud. The fraud. I could get behind that. Kevin, um, Google that. Kevin, Kevin, Google, Google it. Clear it. Clear the URLs. Clear it. We're starting a band. Kevin, you're on bass. Yeah. Jeff, I guess your <laughs> vocals maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I I'll do. I, I can play. I, I'm functional on bass, but I have to I have to memorize it. I can't just go like, oh, what key mm. is it in? Oh, we're we're in, we're in B flat. Like here we go. I like I have to learn it and memorize it. Mm-hmm. But the so bass is Jeff, good for me because base. Mama sang tenor, Daddy sang tenor. I'm fucking up com- country music then? now. Can I? Can we go on a little musical mu- music corner moment? All right, it's time for Jeff's music corner. Hit the theme. <laughs> bop bop boot up boop. A little less conversation. That's the theme. We, we just <laughs> need that one. Can we can we clear the rights, Kevin, legally of just that little piece of Elvis? Oh, is, sure. is that small enough so we can drop <laughs> yeah. that in to, if we have a music corner? Well, we don't make money, so maybe there, but it's not too small. Apparently, even this the smallest reference can not be used if we're making money. But wait, I think it wait, counts. Wait, 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 what? Even just you doing? We're not make we're not making money. Not yet. This not until epi- you fucking you guys gotta sign the contracts I sent. This don't is a, read this them. Is, this is episode 15. I haven't made any money yet? Yes. Jesus that's why I've, I've, been, <laughs> I've been harping on this shit for months. You haven't sent me a contract. <laughs> I'm going through my mail right now. Okay. What, what, oh, it's in the mail mail. In the mail mail. Oh, oh, in, in, in the actual mailbox. Right. Okay, so that's how I, that's how I know you're lying. You've <laughs> never mailed anything in your life. I hand deliver my mail when it's to you. <laughs> Which is creepy. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I I was watching the, the Ken Burns country music uh, documentary series of of which I think the I don't know the six or eight episodes. I just finished it, 
And when it got to the end, it was like that. Now we're into Garth Brooks and uh, Shania Twain and Randy Travis and like people that I never really listened to. Not not because I had any beef against them. I just, you know, I guess I just had that kind of old fuddy-duddy baby boomer in a Gen X uh, body kind of sensibility. They started talking about some of these people. Now, I, I have heard Randy Travis. I, I went into my car and hit the Siri button or whatever and said, uh, play this song by Randy Travis. And I've been absolutely hooked on it. And I called up Robbie Falks, who I think has country credentials. He's a folk you know, historian and he's a bad uh, Grammy-nominated Emmer effer. And I said, how ashamed slash unashamed should I be that I can't get a Randy Travis song out of my head? And he said, absolutely un. Like, he's great. Like, like some of it can be a little corny. He goes, but you can still love it. Like, there's still room to love bands that I, I always thought were a little cheesy. Said the guy who has seen Neil Diamond in concert eight times. So, yeah. But uh, I, I've, I've been enjoying going down the road in my Apple Play in my car of listening to, like, Travis Tritt. Never listened to him in my life. I don't know I like it. But once in a while, there's a song you go, that's a pretty good song. Mm. So that's my music corner. A little less conversation. More. <laughs> or, or a little more, more conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're back to the more. <laughs> you know, to me, mu uh, musicians and music artists have like a different, I don't know, vibe or aura or something. You know, they, they kind of have a different atmosphere about them. Like actors like can can seem really but they're actors you know so they're good at acting friendly or normal or whatever you know and comedians i don't know they want attention or whatever but do, but do you think artists, there's any any corollary yeah. or like because you know i've you know we, we know comedy people like so so i've grown up knowing stand-up comedians for better mm -hmm. or for worse like many of my great friends of all time uh have been and will always be stand-ups a lot of them um, crazy, uh, like you know, like in in, in various ways. There's uh, there's that, the yeah. there's there's the male misogyny side, and there's the absolute like you know self abuse side and stuff like that. Um, I think in music to get up, write a song, learn a, learn an instrument, and get up and and sing it. There there has to be some sort of Venn diagram, and I would say it's a lot of the circles that overlap of the impetus to get up and tell jokes, and the impetus to get up and write songs and stand and deliver up there. No? No, I stand think up. it's similar. I don't know. Just you do you remember were you there when we had John Mayer? Yes. On Harmon No, no, I was not. I, I was not there, but I, but that's one of the only episodes of Harmontown I've ever watched. <laughs> I mm -hmm. like, you know, I was there and like you know, you know it happened and oh, that happened. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But John Mayer came on, and he just had the most different vibe out of anyone we've ever had on, I want to say. like, And it was very cool to be around him. He seemed very cool, but it was like, it's so weird. I don't know. You know, I, I think that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's a tendency to equate like immense talent with being a genius. 
you know, and like being really smart, but he just seems super normal or even, if you know, like, but, but like, he was just so good at what he was doing. And that was coming through. Like, he's just like, has such a mind for music, but like, it wasn't like he was incredible. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, I guess. Whatever. What a yeah, great I mean, thing I, to do. I, on a podcast. I, I, I watched that episode and I was fascinated because like, he was pretty good at freestyle rapping. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm no, I'm no Simon Cowell. You know, I, I don't know how to judge or whoever is better at judging freestyle. Um, everybody, I think you uh, are Simon Cowell. I'm Simon Cowell without the uh, without the anger issues and and the, uh, the and <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. The, it, it's all about be, being yourself, like you said. Like the idea that that if you can get up there. I don't know. The annoying people are the people that are geniuses, brilliant writers, brilliant musicians, brilliant comics, comedians, uh, creators, doctors, um, and they seem normal. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I always want to have a like a let me off the hook card of oh yeah, you're the fucking coolest person in the world, but you're also totally a dick, or you're <laughs> like like you uh, you're a pickpocket. Mm-hmm. So when you meet people that seem well adjusted and they have a nice family life and they're also just good at kind of anything they touch, uh, that becomes annoying. Yeah, it's like, come on, you know, you don't need to do all that. You you could just enjoy yourself. When we were doing soundcheck, uh, which again I think we have to start recording all of us and then maybe drop some of our pre-show conversations uh, because mm-hmm. they're often way better than what we're doing right now. Uh, sure. I had to get up and go downstairs and get myself a glass of water and uh, and, a, and an adult beverage. And Spencer, how did that conversation start? Where you're saying that? Oh, you, you said you're like, talking. I, about, I was. There's this. There's there's this damn harpy who's been on the emails, freaking harping at us. I won't say in what arena or capacity, but. Um, Kevin's like, this is this is the thing, and I'm like, you know, you tell her that she doesn't exist. Wow! <laughs> and that got us on the path of Kevin brought up. What'd you bring up, Kevin? This the uh, I don't know. We could call it an NPC theory. Yeah, there's there's some people that believe that like 99% of the people out there aren't actually real people. They don't have souls. They don't actually have lives. They just exist to be like filler. You know, like you'll bump into them at the post office or something, but. They have no lives outside of that. They don't exist. They're not real people. They're just like real world NPCs. Yeah, I call the the people who believe in that philosophy uh, sociopaths or mass murderers. Yeah, but th- have you ever had the feeling like I don't, I don't get this as much anymore? Maybe when I was younger and sexier. Some days you'd walk down the road and you felt like people saw you. Mm-hmm. And not like they were like, ooh, hubba hubba, or wow, that guy looks like an asshole. But that you, you just felt very visible. And and sometimes it would make me like kind of check if I had a booger on my face or my fly was undone. Like, I, I'm very conspicuous today. Then there'd be another day I'd go out and I thought, okay, I look good. My hair is perfect. I got the fucking best suit on. I, got, I just did it just right, just, just out of the dry cleaners. And you were absolutely uh, a phantom. Like nobody sees you at all, and then you would have to unzip a fly and put a book on your face, and they still wouldn't see you. I don't know if that's just a uh, the magic of the spheres, where so, just some days you got it and some days you don't. I think it's definitely the magic of the spheres. That seems <laughs> well, about right. I knew you were going to say that. 
no i i i guess i don't know i feel like i i like being ignored i don't know i always attribute it to like southern california or something i feel like people just leave you alone and kind of ignore you but in others like you know when we went on the harmontown tour like i felt like i wanted to be alone and then people wouldn't leave leave us alone I was talking like I was walking through New York City with Chris Boruff and talking to him. And I feel like people were just like listening to our conversation and like looking at us like they wanted to chime in. It's like just fucking I'm trying to live my life like I don't need other people like trying to like edge in on just me walking down the street. Like it was just so weird. And and in, in L.A. and stuff, I feel like people just ignore you. But at the same time, I feel like I'm a giant man and i feel like people don't necessarily ignore me in general because they're like well there's a potential threat you know i always get glares from parents with kids as if like just my mere presence on the street is like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go grab that stroller (laughs) yeah because like you're either like if you were a bear you could either be grizzly or you could be california black bear california Mm -hmm. black bear you make a little noise they run away grizzly Mm -hmm. bear Make a little noise. They might do anything. So, like, I think people look at you and go, "Do I play dead or do I make? Hey, over here!" Like, and, and like, do, like, do I do I spray you with some awful th- fucking toxic spray? Good thing I brought my can full of coins. <laughs> it works. So, <laughs> and then you were saying, Spencer, while I was downstairs, I could still hear you on the uh, on the magic uh, earphones. <laughs> that you were saying it sometimes like in, in life you feel like you're an npc character you're a non-player character walking around other people's grand theft auto yeah i was saying that i feel like a side character like the kind of character who owns a shop or something or you see him in the background um and i have always joked that i have i have side character eyes i have these small beady eyes like if i was in an anime or something i'd be the character with just dot eyes instead of like you could see the full whites of their eyes and stuff and uh or like in gta i would be you know you know we're just we're just podcasters we're we're like this the radio stations in grand theft auto it's not like you go to the radio station there's anyone actually in there broadcasting it's just one of the several channels you can flip through you know i just kind of feel like the real people are maybe listening to us and getting inspired and then they're going and telling their bosses that this is the day that they don't stand for this or whatever you know and those are the main characters right but then well you can branch off of that. If if I've I've never played Grand Theft Auto uh, to my eternal credit, but I have been at other people's uh, houses like Dan Harmon and other friends of mine, and very uh, was very fascinated by watching people play those games. Mm-hmm. Um, if the is there a protagonist? Do you name yourself? If you're if you're the lead uh, car stealer, uh, pimp killing, uh, Horace Mack and whatever whatever you do in that game, do you, do you get a name or or do you get to pick your own name? Can you be Spencer or? Well, in Grand Theft Auto names or games, I think you are a character. Um, so I, I can't remember like okay, but, what but the with names a given are, name, but, yeah, yeah. Let, let's yeah. just call him Chad the Rapist. Sure. And. Uh, if the lead character, Chad the Rapist, goes up a couple staircases into an office building and then sees a black point-eyed Spencer and then whatever I am doing a podcast, do you think there is any impetus to kill those characters, question them, do anything, or do you just instantly go, there's nothing for me here? 
Uh, well, it depends on are, are we like if we're behind glass, you know, maybe the glass doesn't shatter, so they can pump a few rounds into the glass. But it's like, oh, this isn't breakable glass. I guess I'm supposed to walk away here, but you know, oh, oh that'd be awesome. Open, yeah, <laughs> that that would be the best. It's just just a, like a room full of nerds doing a podcast, and just out of curiosity, the 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 first person shooter character, uh, game player, tries to kill everybody. All he does is ricochet off the glass, and he just goes, oh, stupid. But then maybe he, he sits down on the couch in the control booth and listens to the podcast for a little while. Yeah, and he's like, wow, you know, this is really, these guys really have a, a, a chemistry. Well, well also, I, I think if I walked into any podcast booth, tried to kill everybody, but the glass was uh, impenetrable, and I heard someone yell out, it's News Corner! Oh I might, shit! I, I might stick around just to find out what was in the news in Grand Theft Auto World. And if you did that, you might hear someone say, "Oh, in the news, it turns out that the freaking Nazis are at it again." <laughs> oh shit! Oh I shit! We, I hope we dropped our news theme in there. Uh, so I'm well, sure we well, won't. Well, I was going downstairs and pouring myself waters and cocktails, <laughs> and you guys were talking about. Spencer trying to do the ultimate gaslight of convincing you that you don't exist. <laughs> no, says this Spencer. woman, this this horrible harpy of a woman. Okay, a classic piece of work. She doesn't exist. That's the thing. That's what she. That's what she doesn't understand. She's going around. She doesn't know she's an NPC. She's just like, oh, this is the fucking. I if I don't bother these fine people, I'm gonna lose my job. But it's like, no, you don't. There's nothing. There's nothing that happens when that happens. You just. Oh, I said that. <laughs> you just. Oh, you just stop existing. I think you're the, not emailing us. You said it twice, baby. I did say it twice. I said it. It was so nice. I said it twice. That's why it's but a great like, name for a podcast. Nothing's gonna happen because again, she doesn't exist. Her concerns are not valid. It's it's all fake. So, she exists to annoy us and to 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 make us feel stronger. Well, then uh, that, that goes into, and I, I don't know much about it, but it sounds like solipsism. Uh, right. Which is the idea that the, uh, nothing exists but the self. Like, everything outside myself doesn't exist. I close my eyes and everything disappears. I wake up, this is all of my, like, myself is the only re- reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds like what Kevin was talking about. That sounds like where he's been going with this the whole time. Kevin, uh, I, I guess when you are a producer, you have to think that you're the only person that exists. No, that's not true. Kevin's the most generous sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, well, Kevin thinks of us as like an entire huge switchboard of dials, and it's just he's going to dial up Spencer and dial down, yes. you know, Jeff and flip flip a few switches here and there, and that's Kevin that's knows all we the are. Mo- Kevin knows the moment that he hits end meeting, I. I don't. I'm not there anymore. All of a sudden, there's some guy named Rob Schraub that he can, that Kevin can conjure up for an hour or two at his own whim. Uh, maybe you as listeners, Hapuccinos. Maybe uh, this is you're, you're all like your ears are just a, a creature of his own invention. Seems a yeah. little harsh. The entire uh, Schraub Home Video Discord, they don't exist. Only at Kevin's uh, yeah. pleasure. I went out, speaking of uh, 
I, I wish you didn't exist stories. I was just before we came here. I would finished another Zoomy meetingy thing, and popped over to the old uh, ye old rustic inn, a bar that I truly hate. But the, the problem is, it's open and it's nearby. I go. I would like to get out of the house, have a beer, chill out. Then I go. Oh, it's playoffs time, so it's sporty people's there. And I sat at the bar, and it was it was much too loud, and there was music that I didn't dig. But I was like, I, I can handle a beer here. And there was a dude sitting near me who really wanted to strike up conversation with me. And this would be the first time since COVID, where you're like, oh, I forgot that there are people that will lean over to you that are a foot taller than you and could snap you like a twig and want to start talking to you but making fun of you for dressing like you dress. So he was like, he's like, hey, you're all ready for the 25th? I'm like, what's that? I was like, what are you talking about? And I go like, no, I thought you meant Father's Day, but isn't Father's Day the 20th? I was, I was like, I, I just didn't, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, Semper Paratus, baby, always, always prepared. And then another guy that I know and like walks in and he was wearing a hat that says natural light beer on it. <laughs> and I don't think he's wearing it ironically. I think that he wears a hat when it's sunny out and he just puts whatever ball cap comes on. Mm -hmm. But this guy is a guy that you would not want to fuck with. The person I know. Um, he's, a, he's a tough hombre. Now, this big guy who's much bigger than my tough hombre friend, he goes, oh, so you don't have any better taste in hats than that? Now, that was his hello. And I just, like, I, I was sort of like, this, this could end with a guy going to the hospital. Because <laughs> no, guy, the, the so. guy that I'm talking about, uh, he, he can go to zero, uh, from zero to 100 in no seconds. And, uh, and my friend goes, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I could. I guess I could. He goes, well, you could have better taste than that. And the guy goes, people I r walk up to and stand next to by accident? <laughs> and the guy thought about that for a second. And then got up and walked out. So I think he basically said, you don't exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I imagined you. Now I unimagined you. I sent you to the cornfield like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, well, that makes you wonder, what was that guy's end goal? Was he, was he like, Conversation, I'm going to challenge everyone connection. I can, and the second I start to yeah. lose points, I'm fucking out of here? Is it like, think, I'm looking for an excuse to leave the bar? Like, that's such a weird chain of events. I'm almost certain I know what he thought his end game was. It's it's a it's a game that he's probably won maybe five times out of a hundred and seventy thousand times. It's the idea that if I neg you, if I kind of diss you, that we're homeboys now. Like now now we're buds. Because like like mm -hmm. if you, if you, like I can take it, but I can dish it out too. Or like like I, I don't know what the fuck. But I think it's just people that don't know how to either be alone in their thoughts. Or if they want to strike up a conversation, think that negativity is the way to kick it off. And I think because he's a large fellow, he's learned that there's rarely a repercussion for that. Right. That no one's just going to go, fuck you! Because <laughs> this guy could... He could have snapped me like a porcelain, like like the, the little finger hold on a, on a cup. It's <laughs> uh, probably a name Not for a that. mug. Yeah, I'm talking tea cup, like a little tea right. cup. And I'm the little finger ring thingy and he, he could just do that so you know you but don't want to say do hey he, I, I'm sure because he had the cure for leukemia in the back of his trunk and he had to make it to children's hospital it was just down the street 
but there was certainly time for a Long Island iced tea and a shot of JMO. Mm-hmm. So it, what, what it reminds us all of, the Rustic Inn has always been a bag full of douchebags, including when I went there all the time, and it was all comedy friends. It was all the Mr. Show guys. It's where I first met Dino. It's where Dan and Rob and I hung out every day. It was paradise, and then it wasn't. But then again, we were 25, 6, 7, 8. So I guess now, at the age of 47, I look around and see a bunch of people that are around their mid-late 20s, and I don't like their taste in music, and... I don't really like their, eavesdropping their conversations by accident. Um, but then again, it's the rustic inn. It draws that kind of crowd. I, 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 I go there ironically in a suit there because people think that I, like, I'm a narc or something. Yeah, so you just don't like the vibe and, and like the kind of clientele? And that's why you don't, don't like know. it? I don't like shouty, loud... Um, I don't like bars. It, it, it's it's yeah, but yeah, but, because my bar across the street isn't open yet. It will be open soon-ish. Um, mm. But that's that's a that's a little cave you can go hide in. And the moment it becomes something you don't want to be in, you just leave. This <laughs> is a bar. I I love the uh, the film and TV industry, uh, like the grips, the Ayatsi guys, the the, the union dudes mm-hmm. that are you know the set decks and the painters and the carpenters and the grips gaffers and all that jazz a lot of them hang out there but these seem like <laughs> often not always i'm going to get killed for saying this they're not listening to this shit they're listening to joe rogan right now with, with almost 100 percent certainty uh, well, you know, he's actually he, he is actually kind of smart sometimes and oh boy he has good conversations with the guests this show is brought to you by Joe Rogan's podcast. What's it called? Can we start Joe doing Rogan ads for for, podcast? for competitor podcasts that we don't like? Yeah, I don't know. Why am I, I in an angry mood? I, I, I'm in a I'm in a happy mood. Every, everything is lovely. I I, I, I complain too much, I, I, and I think that's something I've done for a long time. But there's no reason to do it now. I'm happy. I'm healthy, and very little has gone wrong over the last year and a half, except for you know, the doldrums. Yeah, speaking of that guy, I feel like people are going people are just going nuts. Like no one knows how to act, right? And so people are just I mean, people have always been like a, a shitty person at a bar, but I think that people are more likely to be engaging in risk-taking behavior like that just because they don't they don't know what to do and they're probably not, you know, used to really dealing with anything, especially lately. Like they haven't had their head bitten off recently, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's a soft re-entry to people being around each other in group settings and not everybody freaking out mm-hmm. because somebody tapped them on the shoulder and that's a bubble burster like that they haven't dealt with in a very long time. Right. Yeah. Let's all be cool, the, everybody. I went to the park the other day. Uh, not. Yeah, I guess it was yesterday, huh? to meet up with some friends and hit the old volleyball around. I've really? been trying, I've been wanting to get back into volleyball, um, which the surprise, the surprises and delights me at the same time. I love this. <laughs> yeah. I used to play volleyball, um, in high school, my parent, or I guess more my dad, but my parents forced me to play a sport and my brother was into volleyball and they're like, 
you play volleyball too. You could go to practice together or whatever, you know, then we don't have to arrange for a separate ride. And, um, so I played club volleyball and then I played volleyball at high school. Um, I think I was just on the frost soft team. I can't remember, but, um, it was, you know, I was never good, but it was fun. You know, like volleyball is like a really, really fun, but it's just really hard to make happen. You know, like it's, you can't really get a net. It's hard oh, to find that, a net. That's close enough. Make happen is close <laughs> enough. I guess. Um, and then, you know, you need teams. You can't play like one-on-one. You can kind of play other sports one-on-one, maybe not football, but you know, like most sports, you can kind of do one-on-one in a pickup game. And then also there's just a bunch of different skill sets. It's hard. Like you want everyone you're playing with to have like a similar level of skill. And so I don't know, it seems like an impossible dream, but I bought a volleyball and I've been going to Griffith park and hitting it around, um, by myself, which is like, you definitely can't really practice volleyball alone like you need at least one other person to do like literally anything unless you're Um, extraordinarily fast and you can run (laughs) under the net like speedy gonzalez and be there yeah the flash could do it for sure but uh so yeah i got i brought it up to two of my friends and they got like excited about the idea or whatever so we went to the park and i bought this shitty um volleyball set that i knew when i picked it up it wasn't going to work because the weight that it was is not the weight of like anything of value. It like maybe weighed like four, three pounds or something. And I was like a volleyball set would weigh, you know, more than this. And, um, so I try, I was trying to set it up and I opened it up and, Oh, and it was a volleyball and badminton set. And what I came to understand is it was a badminton set that they had included a volleyball uh, and not even a real volleyball, but they put a fake volleyball in there so they could say, Oh, it's a volleyball and badminton set, but it wasn't. And so I was trying to, I was trying to put the net together and like it, and it was a nightmare to get like all these tiny, like fishing line style strings, like untangled. And, um, the, my friends got here and we were trying to put it up and then like almost immediately, like one of the stakes snapped and then it's like, okay, well now it won't work. But like, even just seeing the pieces, I was like, well, this, this can't work. This is nothing like it's, it's, uh, if I made uh, a net or a system out of PVC pipe, it would have been more substantial and sturdy than like what the kit was. And so then we were just kind of bopping the ball around and that was bad too. I was you know to toot my own horn i think i was maybe the best but you know i wasn't good either um and but this, we were this, just kind of hitting. this all sounds like the this all sounds like the the, uh, the story of how soccer was invented everybody thought there was going to be a nets and some stakes and some things and then they're like all we have was a ball like and they just start they just start kicking it around that, that was just let, i give up yeah it's fun though i mean it's fun when you're doing it right you know but I, it's just I, so I, easy i, I want to come play volleyball with you yeah, well, we could. I, I, it's, it, I think it's best to do it in like a duo because if you're if you have two people, you can just hit it back and forth and try and keep it aloft, you know. But yeah. when and That's, then it's just kind of in one direction back and forth. But if there's more people, then like there's all sorts of different angles, and you know you don't know who's gonna go for it and stuff. So no, me and you and our team, our fucking shirts are off. We're oily. We're playing on the beach in Santa Monica. It's Top Gun. It's gonna be fucking very exciting. It's in the way that we use it. It is. Also, it's, it's also, I have to warn you, it can be a highway to a danger zone. <laughs> Speaking of danger zones, um, last week on That Happens, mm-hmm. 
we uh, created a character in our D&D campaign for one Kevin Day. I'm very excited about this. Kevin looks semi-excited, or are you masking a deep, deep fear right now? No, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to do this. No, I love it. Me too. And I'm so, thrilled. Uh, so we rolled your uh, your stats, uh, and I guess what, what can I ask? Or no, I'll let Spencer like like proceed yeah. with like what we need to know about this character, and then we're gonna get rocking. What do you need to know about this character? Find uh, out na- after a name. word from our sponsors. Hey there, my name's Yule <laughs> Brenner, coming in live on the rodeo to promote. Rodeo Rampage, a combination between frickin' monster trucks and bulls. Who will win? The Grave Digger or Big Ol' Bessie. Uh, go to www.yulebrenner.com slash tickets to see what happens when the clowns hit the frowns. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're when back. The, when the clouds at the front. <laughs> I don't know. I still, we got to go back to the segment where you teach me how to do <laughs> improv because I, I, I really I, need some I, No, no, the, 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 uh, the apprentice has become the master. I can't follow right. that. That's, that's very kind and, and gaslighting of you. Is it gaslighting if it's not negative? Like, can you, can you be gaslighting? Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, that's either called sarcasm or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My friend Chris, uh, Chris Dermick, one of the guys that uh, when I first started doing improv, like when I was in, like a teenager, he was in Comedy Sports LA and he's still one of my comedy heroes. Uh, God, he's funny. Uh, <laughs> we went and saw somebody, like some friends of ours did a play on Theater Row. Is it on you know in Santa Monica where there's like 19 little theaters that hold, hold 19 people, and and there's some, there's some awesome theater that goes on there, and also you know like anything there's also not so good theater. We went and saw some friend of ours, and I don't remember who the person was or what the play was. I do remember that uh, I wanted to commit seppuku in the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm too tall to get up and walk out of a theater that small without kind of taking the big top down with me. <laughs> um, so I, so you're uh, a hostage. You're, you're, mm-hmm. You have to be there. You maybe could split at intermission, but then they come back and there's two people there. You know, so you can't do that. So after the show, we had to go meet our friend and her friends that were in the play. And 
Chris and I are saying, like, what do you say? Because it was, it was not just poor. It was, it was really bad. It offended bad on, the like, senses. Yeah, it, 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 it hurt my spirit. Uh, I, walked, I walked away a, a, a lesser entity than I came out the door for the price of $5. Uh, so I, I didn't really know the person as well as Chris did. And Chris geniusly, he goes, I, I know exactly how to handle this. And he went up to the actress who's you know, expectantly wanting to know, what do you think? Sure. And Chris goes, gives her a big hug. He's like, oh, my God. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> you could also say that to Oppenheimer uh, after creating the nuclear bomb. Uh, and then to one of the actors, he goes, that was something. And you, you were something else. <laughs> so if you ever need to pay... Three non-compliments in a row. Oh, what, what have you done? That was something. What have you done? <laughs> and that was something else. Technically, it was something. And technically, that was something else. Holy smoke. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. But I like what I like about that is it feels very performative towards the no, the audience in the know. Like, that was like, <laughs> it was more to you than it was to them, you know? But they're also theater people, and they should have known. But I think you're so eager to hear any compliment or to mine a compliment out of any ore that you're given. <laughs> like, what, what have you done? And they're like, oh, my God, I know. It's so fun. Like, like, like he got off scot-free. No, nobody sensed the, uh, the bitter irony in it. It was fantastic. All right, let's get back down to brass tacks here. Yeah, so, uh, okay. So we got Kevin playing... A character, oh boy, a freaking elvish sorcerer, a divine soul elvish sorcerer noble. Uh, he's got spells. He's got skills. He's got a wicked crossbow. Let's give it up for... What, what, what was your character? Uh, I think the name I'm going for is Sir Jonathan DeFever. <laughs> Is that it. a joke? Is that is that a pun? It's a WTRP reference. Okay. Yeah, I, like I was it. I was just about to uh, cross uh, quest, cross examine you on that one. That's very funny. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, do you want to talk about <laughs> your background? Uh, so, uh, Jonathan comes from a you know a noble family, obviously. In, uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, he worked for a <laughs> for a small radio station. Yes. Um, uh, so he was accused of some crime that he's not really talking about, and he was banished uh, from his homelands because of that. So he's out, you know, traveling the world, just telling people he's out exploring, but his, his real story is that he can't go home or he's going to probably get killed. Ain't it always that way? Yep. Who's going to kill him? His family or the people that are part of causing him a problem? Or do uh, I guess we don't know. They may be one and the same even. Holy shit. This is a huge reveal right off the top. Um, okay. So that's Kevin. Or that's Jonathan. Ha ha. Jonathan and Fuzzy Knuckles. Back at it again. Um, let me. Oh, do you, ha do you know what your character looks like? I guess uh, we talked and you didn't have any 
strong ideas other than he looked noble, you know. Um, I don't know. I guess I would imagine. Well, do you have any thoughts? No, just that he looked, you know, very much, you know, kind of like uh, nobody would question his uh, what he was saying because he looked really well put together. He looked, you know, a little powerful. He looked like he might have some money, uh, probably a little tall. Uh, but beyond that, I hadn't really gotten too too much further with it. So it sounds like he looks just like you. Exactly. Hey, oh. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I was imagining him being, you know, very elfy. You know, elves kind of wear like elf looking robes or whatever the fuck, especially high elves, which you're a high elf. And I don't know. I always imagine him to have like long blonde hair because that's also very high elf. I don't know if high elves even have dark hair or if they're mostly like fair. Um, but I don't know. But so, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to try, <laughs> that's a, that's a starting point maybe. Um, but yeah, well, the, okay. good, the good news, um, there's almost no chance in hell, Kevin, that somebody listening right now is going to go on Reddit and post their own fan arts of <laughs> Sir Jonathan DeFever, long blonde haired high elf sorcerer from the city of with Sin. his crossbow. Huh? <laughs> I love Sins. it. Is that what people call Cincinnati? Uh, it fits. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, okay. I, I I I'm I'm very sheltered and so I'm I'm you know, I'm always trying to dissect the world around me. I, I like Cincinnati. I went there once as a kid when I was doing the show and my mom took me to a horse track there called Cincinnati Down Cincinnati Downs, I think. And uh, I bet on a horse. I I'm assuming I had to give the money to an adult. I didn't just walk up to the to the betting window and say, I'll take four dollars on number four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my horse won. And I think I came away with like 22 bucks. I don't know what I bet and what the odds were. And uh, I've loved Cincinnati ever since because I won money on a horse there as, a, I think, a 10-year-old. Damn. Yeah. I don't think I ever... So anyway, that, later on, me and that horse, we're fucking. And I mean... mean fucking? I mean, Spencer, fucking. <laughs> um, name, name means... Name means... No. Name means yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a deep okay. track. Yeah. Do you have um? Do you have your notes from the session before last that we want to get through before I uh, do whatever it is that I do? Uh, episode fourteen. Sea cliff. I'm done. Because I think most of it was us rolling Spencer's character, and so there, there was not a whole lot of action except for recapping, and then we brought... I'm oh, sorry, Kevin in. We, we, we bring Kevin's character in. We rolled some dice on him. So I don't, I don't see a lot of stuff. But you did, you did tell me during the sound check. No. Well, do you have any notes from the session before last? Because I don't think we ever recapped that one. Um, we, were in a, we were in the smuggler's cave... Uh, there was Sam Belay, uh, the magnificent criminal underworld. He works for Hush Money or Hush or vice versa. We fucked around with some hobgoblins. Um, there was caches of brandy and silk. I knocked over the brandy, set the whole shit on fire. Um, I get hit by magic missile and took ten. I was dying, but then I was saved by some awesome, legitimate death rolls. I, I, will, I, I will give you this promise, Hapuccinos. Uh, I will never lie about my dice. Uh, I often roll crap, but I rolled some biggies to save my life. And then it's me and Big Copper 
out in a cliff, and then uh, he was hanging by the cliff. It was a cliffhanger, and then that, we, we were kind of not sure what to do. Go back to town and say, hey, we figured out who these, these weren't ghosts in this house. These were smugglers, Scooby-Doo uh, style, trying to scare motherfuckers off. We found out that it's... Um, it, was it San Belay? Oh, he's, yeah, he's the, the big... Uh, yeah. Was he a wizard or a sorcerer? A wizard? He was wizard. a wizard, yeah. And he was the like the head of the smuggling ring. Did I kill him? Uh, I think Big Copper killed him. Because Big Copper, you, yeah. you got the last hit. You did most of the damage. I remember that. You, you yeah. fired him pretty hard. Right. I, I have written in brackets above that beef moments, <laughs> which I... Uh, I think was a name of one of our episodes. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I set the whole cave with all the goods and silk and brandy and whatnots uh, on fire, and we kind of fall off the edge of a like a sea cave tunnel, like on a cliff. Yeah, um, I guess now it should, I should maybe just go into the recap, and then yeah, if there's any please questions, do. Can, yeah, that makes sense to me. My, my, my notes are just absolute nonsense. I think they were very good. Do uh, you have any music, Kevin? Last time. Wait, no. <laughs> last time. <laughs> this time. <laughs> the time before last on That Happens. Whoa! Our, <laughs> our heroes had made it into the final cavern after using ball bearings and balls of steel to dispatch as many people through luring them into the ball bearing cavern as possible they were forced with just the final boss of the cave and his cronies or crony I suppose because they entered the cave and found San Belay with his hobgoblin retainer San Belay hit uh, fuzzy knuckles with the old charm person and it kind of charmed him somewhat and then they were going back and forth on what was going on. And San Blaze like, I'm really great. And I'm a smuggler. And oh boy, you should uh, smuggle with me and not fight us. And uh, I'm a cool guy. But Fuzzy Knuckles was like, no, we must fight. He ignited a big flame and burned the shit out of the wizard. And then he got blasted in the face by magic missiles and lost consciousness and started dying. Actiony noises happened over a black background while Big Copper uh, killed Sandblay and got out of there. But then they swam to a sea cliff and then he started to fall off the cliff. Oh shit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're you're very weak. You're on this like this tiny precipice, like uh, you know, above the water of the sea. The sky is an angry gray. And the waves are crashing against the cliff. And uh, Big Copper is, is hanging on the cliff's edge by a single coppery hand. What do you uh, do? What's, what, what's my HP right now? Uh, one. Jesus Christ. Um, how far down is the drop uh, b beneath Big Copper? 20 feet. 20 feet. Um. And what, what's what's down there? Like, is it a safe landing? Is it beach? Is it rocks? The water? It's what water. It? It's like rocks and water, jagged rocks and crashing waves. Waters. Well, I, I grab on. I, I say to Big Copper, "Give me your your free hand, the one that's not holding on, and I'm, let's try to pull you up." Even though I'm not, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. I'm not, you know, I'm not the weakest person in the universe, but I'm, I still have a strength of 14. Yeah. We, we zoom in on his hand and your hand stretching towards it. And he kind of swipes and he misses and he swipes and he misses and then he swipes and just catches just your fingers and then makes a good clean contact. But how, you know, how strong are you versus how heavy is he? This will take strength rolls. Roll a strength check to see what happens. That. Does that count? I have to drink on that one? Yep. <laughs> you got to drink. But do uh, roll a strength, strength check. I rolled a total of 18. And Copper rolled a 14. So, yeah, that's going to be enough. You you pull him up. He starts kicking his little legs. And he pulls himself up on onto the sea cliff. He's like, good God, man. Good God, man. Thanks Baby. for the help. <laughs> Baby. Why don't we eat some food and recuperate? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let me look and see what I got here. Do we have food? I don't know. I don't, I don't I eat. Don't oh, you don't eat. Okay, well, neither. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I'm Shit. a kitty cat. Well, uh, when Master's away, I like fancy <laughs> feast. Um, <laughs> and I'll this do says you seven. have five days rations. What were you saying? Oh, where's five days rations? I see. Oh, oh, oh. You can't see this. My, my printer that is new... Find like it, it's already gone glitchy on the thing, so I, I can't see the five days rations. Oh yeah, All right. that exact uh, line is is blanked out. I uh, I crack out uh, one day's rations. Hell yeah, you munch down on some good good food. Well, it's not good, I guess. You know, whatever. Um, okay. But you eat it. Do I do I restore rest- any health, or, or or do I have to like still chill for a while? You kind of chill over the course of uh, eight hours and you restore your health to full. Everyone's feeling rested and fed and, oh boy, you feel like you have it in you to maybe climb up this sea cliff. The, what do you call it? The 50 or so feet you got to scale vertically. Well, I'm a cat. I can climb like a, nobody. Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, you have a climb skill, so. I, I do, yeah. I, I use a... Uh, well, I'm not attacking anybody. I don't need to use cat's claws. But yeah, I just start climbing and use and use my kitty claws. Yep. You have a climb speed, which means you don't really have to roll for climbing at all. You just climb up there. Um, the big copper stays put. You get up to the top, and he's like, how about a rope? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking. I got fi- uh, Hey, how about I one-up you on rope? I've got 50 feet of silk rope. So... I, I I find a uh, like a is there a tree stump or a heavy rock that I can tie off to and uh, and and toss them down a line? Yeah, you see a heavy sh- a heavy rock, and next to it are two smaller rounder rocks, and you remark, "This looks awfully like a phallus." Am I just being childish, or is this, is this like does it look like it was put there in place by some sort of monks or you know some dru- druids or whatnot? Well, you, you look at it, and you see there's a little plaque, and it says, Dick Rock, dedicated by Dick Cock, in honor of all the coxmen back out who have lost their lives to the venereal diseases. Okay. Well, I tie it off to, I'm assuming, I, you know what I do? 
I don't tie it off around the, the, the dick rock. I tie it off around both of the smaller ball rocks because I hear okay. it keeps the dick rock harder. <laughs> and so I tie off around there. Using my, uh, my swashbuckling semen skills, I tie off uh, beautifully secure knots and then uh, toss down the, uh, the edge, end of the line down to a uh, big copper. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It feels so good. Copper, he's climbing up the rope. He gets up, and he's like, We did it, baby. Made it out of there in one piece. Now what are well, we going to do? I say we head back into town. What was the town's uh, name called again, Spencer? Salt Marsh. I say we go back into Salt Marsh and tell them that we... Uh, we solved the caper for them, and also if if they if they want the rest of their stuff, we know where they're headed. They're going to see the the, the uh, to trade with the lizard people. We have lots of expensive information, I think, and I say we go back into town and trade on that. All right. Okay, so you're heading back to town on the road you came in on, and you see a site. You see a site that you've never seen before or maybe you have i don't know you definitely see something you see uh three people three men and uh and a baby yeah you see three men and a baby and one of the men is a tall thin uh regal looking elf Uh oh an elf is that interesting you know does that remind you of anything and the elf is being argued with by these brutish looking thugs he stands a head taller than both of them, but they're, you know, about twice to three times his thickness and bulk. And they're they're getting kind of angry. And the baby's like the baby's getting it on it too. The baby's like pointing and stuff. It's fucking nuts. Wait, what, what, I mean, do I have to roll perception to know what side the baby's t- uh, team team is? Who who's the baby rooting for? You don't have to roll, but it looks like the baby's just happy to be involved. He do, you don't know where he came from. You don't. Okay. He doesn't seem to necessarily be representing one side or the other. But yeah, but ba- babies just like a commotion. They they want to feel like they're part of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Okay. Um, three men and a baby. It's a great film. Um. Hey, big copper. Uh, how how close are we to these this, this whole fracas? Uh, I'd say you're about sixty feet off, maybe more. And, and what are these human thugs? Like, what, what, what can I tell? What kind of race or class these guys are? There's a human and a dwarf, and the human is about the same size as the dwarf. And now we cut to the elf who, if you, you know, if you guessed it was Kevin or should I say Sir Jonathan DeFever? Is that what it was? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, And then you see these guys, you know, these guys have accosted you and they're like, hey, why don't you, this is our road, baby. Why don't you give us all your money and we'll call it square. You don't want to be fucking with us. We're the tax men. Ooh, yeah, the tax men and the tax baby, baby. And we're going to fuck you up. Otherwise, give us the money. Uh, so, like, do, do they reasonably look like they could uh, take my money from me if they tried? Uh, do you have your dice yet? Have your dice arrived? Yes, I have dice. Roll an insight check. Okay, it's happening, Kevin. We're doing it. Oh, drink. Everybody drink. Kevin, 
you, you, you said you played online before. Is this your first like actual no, he physical hasn't like? Yeah, is, no, is this I've your played, like like online games, but not actually any D and D at all. So would this be your first die roll? This would yes. In, in your first campaign. Yes. This is a, this is, this is we, we're making podcast history. I don't care what anybody says. I, all I know is that's happening. <laughs> Oh shit! Everybody drink. So yeah, an insight check is a d twenty. Roll a d twenty, and then your insight bonus is plus five. You can see that on your skills. So add five to whatever you roll. I got a fourteen. Oh man, these do not, these don't look like tax men. They look like common thugs. Okay. And what's worse, they don't seem to be respecting, you know their lot in life when it comes to interacting with nobility. So, you know, maybe I can use my persuasion here to try to convince them that, hey, I'm just a, you know, I'm, I'm here to spread the word of the gods, meet new people, I don't want any trouble, just just let me pass. Okay, um, what, what, yeah, so you say something to that effect. And now roll a persuasion, which is plus six. Also, in the, out of the corner of your, your eye, you can see two figures off in the distance. That's us, right. Jeff. Mm-hmm. Guess that's another d20 then. Yep. I got a nine. Ooh, I got a twenty-three. <laughs> They're not being convinced. They're like, ha ha. The only gods I care about is gods with an L. That's right, gold. Give me all of yours. Oh, nice. Uh, Spencer, can I, as a player, give you an inspiration point as a dungeon master? <laughs> sure, I'll take it. They're <laughs> like, we might not seem like tax men, but baby, if you want, we'll break out the toll booths. You don't want to oh. know what that's like. <laughs> Let me tell you how it will be, tax man. So, so sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, no! You, you, you're, you're in the thick of it. We're walking up. Um. So, do, do the people walking up look possibly friendly to me? Do they look like friends of these two monsters? You know what? Monsters. Well, uh, not- they look. Yeah, they look. Uh, the guys that are walking up, they walk with a different gait and easiness about them. You know, as if they've not a care in the world. As if. They don't face obstacles that they can't handle. You know, they they're unattached. They're not, you know, driven by earthly concerns. Whereas these guys, they lumber up like something with someone to prove. You know, they're accosting you immediately in your face. They kind of they were poking their heads out of the side of a hill or over the top of a hill, I should say, and they're they're immediately driving straight towards you. Whereas these guys are just kind of strolling casual, like you know, way different vibes. You also get the sense that those guys haven't seen, or the guys accosting you haven't seen the the people you're looking at. They're kind of behind, you know, like you're looking over their heads and seeing Jeff and Copper. Okay. I I, um, I, tr- I turn to Big Copper and say, "Look, we've just had a long couple days, or a day and a half. How long has it been? Um, a day. This town's just." full of assholes listen look there's a guy and his baby getting or no there's is the baby with the guy or this baby part of the thugs well you didn't hear but it seems like the tax collectors called him a tax baby but you're not you're still not entirely okay, sure I, what I, that means i thought i heard that uh i mean i i do have good feline hearing so yeah, yeah i mean i think this 
you know, it's like as much as I would like to just go and get the hell out of here, I hate bullies so much. And like, it's like, I just, you, you see stupid people picking on smart people. And like, you just want to do something. But like, why is it, why does it always have to be my problem? Yeah. So you um, kind of stroll within like 30 feet, probably. Okay. I climb up on Big Bob, Big Copper's back, like piggyback ride style. Mm hmm. All right. And the big copper's like, hey there, babies. What's a happen with you? To the to the guys. And they're like, hey, what the fuck? This is, uh, this is private property. You guys owe some big taxes. Just like slim over here. We were just working out the terms of our agreement. And he kind of like, you know, punches his hand threateningly. Hmm. And there's just two of these assholes? And the baby, yeah. But the baby doesn't, you know, he looks like a classic cartoon baby. He doesn't seem armed or anything, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I tell him, and, and this is, you know, just so I'm not starting off by drawing weapons and just kicking ass in the middle of the street again. I, I, I you know, this dashing feline swashbuckler sitting on top of a copper robot, uh, which I'm, I'm hoping has some intimidation value. But I, 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 in a charismatic way, say, hey, look, um, this street's full of tough people. You know, you never know who you might run into. You never know when you think you're the guy charging taxes or you're the guy who's about to have to pay a tax on his ass. So, like, I, I would just say, why doesn't everybody just go their separate ways, leave it? Uh, the dwarf goes, looks like this guy is looking for an audit. Okay. And uh, the dwarf kind of, he he goes, earth style, earth fortress jutsu, and he plants his palm in the ground, and then he, like, he, there's a big poof, and you can see, all of a sudden, a tower, a wood, like an earthen tower has erected itself in front of him, and he's at the top of a tower, and he pulls out a fucking bow. Also, the baby's up there with him. The other the tax collector is still down on the ground with you guys. How tall is this tower, you said? Uh, 20 feet. I look over at uh, Kevin's character and say, hey, what's your name? Uh, Jonathan. Sir Jonathan. Sir Jonathan? What? Do you mean the Sir Jonathan? Uh, Defever? My, my reputation <laughs> precedes me, yes. <laughs> yes. That is me. If if you're the if you're the Sir Jonathan DeFever that I have only read about and heard tale of, um, these guys look like they mean business, and uh, I don't know you, but uh, if you if you need uh, if you want this to go <laughs> three men on two men and a baby, <laughs> I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I would be forever indebted to you for your help getting out of this. Um, well, who's the biggest threat right now, do we perceive? The, 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 the human on the ground or the dwarf in the tower? Uh, they seem, if you had to guess, they seem about equal threat levels. Um, but the guy in the tower is up in a tower, and it's a crenulated tower. And so, it like, you know, it's providing some cover towards him. Um, so... If you had to guess which one was easier hit to hit, you'd say probably the guy on the ground. Well, I would, I, I, I say to 
Sir Jonathan, um, uh, th throw some throw some sorcery on this motherfucker. Um, I'm a cat. I'm gonna climb this tower and snake attack him. While 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 you while, while you're dealing with with uh, with this dude. All right. So let's uh, all roll initiative then. Um, that's so for Kevin. You you roll your dice and then add your initiative bonus. Twenty three. Twenty three. What did you say, here. Kevin? Fifteen. Yep. And then, all right. So it's going to be the dwarf went first. Then it's Jeff. Then it's going to be the human. Then Kevin. Then copper. And lastly, the baby. Um. Okay. So that's that's Jeff. You're going to climb up the the fortress. The fortress is about ten feet. Um, so you can move, you can get to the top of the fortress, but then you can't also attack based on the distances of everything. Do you want to do that? Well, if I use feline ag agility, that just gets me up, up there faster. Feline agility. I can move double speed I, once, then I can't, I can't do it again. So if you use feline agility, oh, you actually oh, oh. can attack as well. well, well also, cat's claws... Climbing speed of twenty feet plus, I gain I gain a claw attack, so I can climb up there and attack. No, nah, that's just claws. you know, th that's like written in my parlance. Uh, it's it's not the same thing. Like you get a cat a, a claw attack from being a cat, and the cat the claws also give you the tw the move speed. It's not like one move, but you can climb up there and attack if you use. Feeling oh, oh, okay, well, if can I climb up there unseen and, and, and be sneaky and roguish and try to get into a flanking position or does he will he see me if I start, start climbing up uh, you can try to do that yeah but I, you are I, in plain gonna, sight from a guy on top of a tower so it will be hard but you can try that yeah okay fuck it I climb up there okay so you just you're up there and now you're in prime attacking position is it my is it my attack move yeah you can attack too yeah and we're right, we're, we're right there together. Mm-hmm. Um, claws. I claw attack them. All right, roll it up. And that's plus. What, what do I add to this? For your claw attack, that's plus six. Oh yeah, so fourteen. That's just gonna hit. Roll one d four plus two damage. Where's my d four? Three. All right. Three damage to the dwarf in the tower. It's the human's turn. He's going to go for um, Jonathan. What's your AC, Jonathan? Is that listed? I think it's 13, right? Yes, 13. Yeah, 13. So he's going to slash at you with a sword that he pulls out of basically nowhere. Where did it even come from? And he does hit. And where's my dice? He hits dealing three damage to you. Oh, boy. Right in your non-dominant arm. <laughs> okay. And uh, then let's, it's your turn. Let's light this guy up with a firebolt. Yes, okay. we. Here we go. Here we go. Kevin Day. Johnny Fever. <laughs> so you're going to roll a d20 and add six. D20 six. 15 plus 6, 21. That'll hit, yeah. So then roll a 1d10 fire damage. Right, here we go. 7. Okay, not bad. 7 fire damage to the uh, human. 
Now it's Big Copper's turn. He's going to rush over to the the human on the ground level and attempt to tackle him, and he does. Doesn't deal any damage, but now Big Copper is on top of him, and he they're grappling. They're kind of wrestling each other. Um, and the baby, the baby moves towards Jeff. <laughs> well, that's the last thing that baby ever did. <laughs> okay. I mean, All right, but it. Mm. The baby. When you say the baby moves towards me, uh, it, with what sort of attitude? Like, like he's a, is he goo goo ga ga? Is he? Yeah, it's like it's. He's got big baby energy. Oh my god, damn it! it he but doesn't am I, am seem I so, violent. Well, he's about to turn into some sort of boog, and I know that. <laughs> I've, I've been over the road long enough to know that there's no there's no tax babies. Uh, everybody probably works for this tax baby. Um, <laughs> So, so to tell me the proximity that I'm with the, uh, these, uh, the, the baby and the dwarf. <laughs> the baby is kind of close to your feet. You know, you're not going to step on him, but he's, he's real mm-hmm. near you. And you're in, you're in melee combat with uh, the elf. Dwarf. Um, elf. Okay. I, oh, I take and my it's rape. the dwarf's turn. Sorry. It's the dwarf's oh. turn. He attacks well. at you, uh, but he misses. Yeah. Fuck yes, he does. Um He tries to shoot an arrow. Um, he tries to shoot. Well, uh, do, do, did you roll for my like, like acrobatics and, and stuff like that, or no? I rolled a six. That's not going to hit you. That's what no, you. No, it's mean. not. Well, I, I I take my rapier out, dodge his arrow, and come lunging back in like the expert expert swashbuckler I am, and try to put one right through his tits. Wow, his tits, huh? All right, roll it up. Oh shit! Uh, eight. That's not. That's good. not gonna hit. And that's including hit. your plus six. So you rolled a two, I guess. Uh, yes. All right. Yeah. So you miss him. Um, now it's gonna be the human's turn. The human is struggling to get the big copper off of him, and he does. He pushes the big copper off of him, and also gets a nice punch into the big copper's head, um, dealing three damage. Um, he, he sends sends big copper reeling and kind of jumps up to his feet. Um, now it's uh, Kevin's turn. Um, all right. Can I, I, I can just immediately firebolt him again. Sure. All right. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. First. Plus six. Ain't broke. 13 plus six, 19. That'll hit. Roll damage. That Seven again. All right. 14. Um, okay. So that, yeah, that happens. Johnny fever's, um, Johnny fever's kicking butt. Oh, what'd you say? That happens. You know what that means. Um, now it is Copper's turn. Copper's going to go at uh, the the guy. He's gonna he uncocks his hand to shoot poison at the guy, blasts the guy in the face with poison, and he takes a big what do you call it? Lungful of poison. Takes three damage, and the guy goes coughing. He falls to the ground. Um, then it is uh, the baby's turn. The baby I don't know. doesn't do anything. Um, dwarf's turn. Dwarf tries to attack Jeff again. <laughs> he misses again. Okay. All right, Jeff's we're, turn. We're second. How, what's our proximity? How close am I to the dwarf? Uh, you're in combat. You're, you're in melee with him. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I, I never miss twice with my rapier. I, I, I lunge at him again with my rapier. Mm -hmm. 10. Shit. No, no, sorry. 14. 14. All right. Yeah, that will, that'll hit him. Do I roll damage or do you roll damage? You roll damage. It's uh, 1d8 1D plus 4. 1d8 plus 4. Yep. 9. All right. Okay. Um, the baby makes a horrible face. <laughs> oh, the most horrible face you've ever seen. And then a terrible stench fills the air. And the baby starts crying. Cliffhanger! Cliffhanger! Baby just made a boom boom. <laughs> I, I, I killed his dwarf daddy and he made a boom boom. <laughs> uh, okay. I got to say, I'm very thrilled about Kevin playing your first game with us. And I love that we have a badass uh, sorcerer who is already just kicking motherfuckers around. It's, it's very exciting. Uh, thank you uh, to all of uh, our listeners, to all the Hapachinos and the Hapalations and the uh, the Happy Days uh, fan club. Uh, we love you all. Uh, Spencer, anything to promote? Anything to talk about? Uh, just Twitch. I'll probably be twitching tonight. Um, probably playing some Minecraft. The twitch.tv slash the Sixler. Um, again, follow me on TikTok. Trying to hit a thousand followers. When I do, I'll give someone money. So... I don't know how that's going to work, but I said it, so not I'm not going to make a liar of myself. You got anything, Jeff? Um, yeah, I saw my, my Patreon is still there, uh, Storytime with Jeff B. Davis. Uh, and I started a new thing. I've, I've, I've always been doing Cameo, but I just today signed up and started. Uh, I was very sweetly talked into a thing called Memo, M-E-M-M-O, which uh, I, I don't know a lot about, but you can find me there uh, at Memo. It's an app-based thing, and uh, I think it's where I just hang out with you and you give me money, but I'll, I'll keep it cheap. I'll keep it friendly. Awesome. Kevin, uh, who's on next? Uh, Dave Hartman's Draw With Me, and then Rob Schraub's Found Crop after that, if you're watching this live on schraubhomevideo.com. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for doing all the hard work and making this fun. G good to see you, Spencer. Of course. I see you're already halfway through your, your toilet paper back there, so it must have been a big week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm making big moves over here. <laughs> He's working on the night moves. Bye, everybody. Go with God. Go with God.